Welcome to the Pipeline Award-Winning Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jason Gibbs. You can find me on X at Pipeline underscore. <laughs> and you can find me on TikTok. Do not forget, a lot of good content coming out at Pipeline. You can find me coming through your speakers right now. Can't take another step because we got a ton of on-season content. We are full steam ahead on on-season content. But I got to bring in my partner in crime. Make sure you follow him on X at Pregame Empire and on Instagram at Pregame Empire. KSD, I think we we might need the, was it the breaking news sound effect? We, we might need that. Before we do some news, are, are we just done with threads? Have, have we made the executive decision that, that threads is over? <laughs> the funniest thing is you and I were ripping on threads, pun intended. But Twitter goes away before Threads does. So. <laughs> I mean, not really. It's still there, but at least, at least the name, it was kind of a funny thing. But uh, I did appreciate the person on Twitter. I saw it yesterday. I think it was posted from one of those accounts that just posts, like, viral tweets, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was someone who did the, like, the thing on their home screen. Because, like, you know, on, on the iPhone home screen now, like, you can basically you know, change the name of any app and change the icon that shows right. up for it. So they just took their X app and just took the Twitter image and just called it Twitter, which <laughs> I have not done this yet on my phone, but I will be doing this here shortly because, yeah, I'm not looking at that stupid X. I saw it too, and I agree 100%. It was uh, this is the way to go because right now on my phone, it hasn't changed to X. It calls, itself, it calls itself X, so I know it's coming. I have alerts on for various people, including yeah. yourself or whatever. It comes up as X, and I'm like, "What the hell is that all about?" But then I realize, yeah, okay. like, I kind of have, I kind of have my first like, "What the hell is X?" moment tonight. Logging because, like, when um, you know, when, when we do the podcast, I pull up Twitter on mm-hmm. my computer, and like, basically, the only time I ever look at Twitter on my computer is when we do this, right? And so, like. This is the first time I pulled it up since uh, since old Elon's made the change. And like so now all the loading images are X. It says X on my browser. Like it got the X logo everywhere. And I, it's 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 weird. So yeah, what as soon as as soon as my phone app updates to to make it say this, I am definitely changing it back. <laughs> Same with me. I mean, what are we even call them? Zeets? I think someone said that. X E T S, but. Anyway, let's get into this. Let's dive into this on-season content, copyright pipeline 2023. Breaking news as we already did the sound effect for. Apparently, John Ruiz, super booster from Miami. <laughs> who could have seen this who, coming? Who could have seen this coming? Might not have all his finances quite in order that we thought they were. This is why John Ruiz is currently my favorite booster <laughs> in the game. Because there is nothing, there is nothing more University of Miami coming into an era in which you can basically bend the rules any way possible to legally pay, you know, to basically buy players, right, to come to the school and still, one, get in instantly trouble for it with the with the dinner with the Cavender twins, mm-hmm. and two, also basically fund, fund more or less a revamped roster for the entire athletic department and basically not have money anymore. <laughs> like, that's more or less what's happening here. So this is, this is the, this is perfect Miami. I, I appreciate John Ruiz leading very hard into the bit here. So I, I mean, I think we, I think we just, what we need is we need him to, you know, somehow come up with some more fake companies or, you know, yeah. fake, 
financial companies, yeah. Yeah, let's keep, you know, forging some of these, you know, financial statements. Let's get some more shell companies out here. And let's, let's keep the, the fake money train pumping. Full sin from John Ruiz, and we appreciate it more than anyone, I think, on this podcast. The, 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 the one thing I'll give John Ruiz credit for is it did kind of work this year. Like, he did, yeah. like, there's a, a, you know, a Final Four in men's basketball, which is just like mm-hmm. a more or less unheard of thing for the University of Miami to do, and Elite Eight in women's basketball, which is you know, more or less equally unheard of for Miami to do. And we won't mention what happened to the football team, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there was, there was varying levels. There, there was, there was success. Like the, the, the vision, the vision works. Right. Right. Well, if it all is a house of cards and it all crumbles down, at least they have all those championships to fall back on for uh, <laughs> that, that they, that his money bought him. So, it was a perfect story for this podcast where we always cover the weird, the wild, the wacky. And again, to your point, who could have seen this coming except for everyone? Yeah, I mean, like, I had I had never even heard of Life Wallet until <laughs> John Ruiz allegedly paid, like, however many, you know, whatever millions of dollars was allegedly paid for Nigel Pack last year in, in, right. in April to transfer from Kansas State to Miami, which then sparked the whole controversy with Isaiah Wong was going to transfer unless John Ruiz paid him more money. Like, I had never <laughs> heard of Life Wallet until this whole spiral started. And then yet, this company is literally funding the University of Miami Athletics. It was perfect stuff. I don't know. It, it was uh, It was just a great story. For fodder only. I mean, I, I don't necessarily know that the, the, the athletes caught up in the net or, you know, in, in the best situation, but it will be interesting because it's going to lead into something that I want to say Jack Mack from Barstool okay. talked about. I don't know. I, I want to say I don't think Miami was involved, but if what I'm about to say is true, then Miami will be involved in some other way. And that is conference realignment. Jack Mack is reporting that this week, Clemson and FSU are going to be hopping to the Big Ten along with, I think he said Washington and Oregon, which would be mind-blowing and probably impossible with the grant of rights. But yeah, that's, a, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> at, at this point in the cycle, like I don't believe a single ACC rumor because there's pretty much an airtight grant of rights going on. Like, like nobody, <laughs> nobody has determined how you can actually leave the ACC, right? I mean, like these, the, we had the Magnificent Seven, where these schools literally spent the whole time trying to figure out how they could leave the ACC, and nobody did it then. So, like, I, I just have, find it incredibly hard to believe that out of nowhere, Clemson and Florida State have figured out how to do this. Now, my understanding is that I mean, even to, to even remotely start like to even start the conversation and then again i I don't i'm not going to pretend like i know the exact specifics of this uh, of this document but my understanding is to even start the conversation it's going to cost these schools half a billion i i I don't think florida state and clemson (laughs) have half a billion in disposable dollars to spend on jumping to the big 10 but again I, you know, this is, I, I'm not sourced. I, I won't besmirch the sources of, uh, mm. Mr. Jack Mack, but, um, he did, he did call it Scoop City. So got to take that, you uh, know, with a little, yeah. little bit more weight. Well, obviously, obviously, I have to believe that. <laughs> uh, to be clear, by saying that I don't think Florida State has half a billion dollars does not mean they're going to try because, like, they'll take out a second mortgage on all the dorm rooms. They'll 
make a life insurance fund, you know, a collective life insurance policy for all the professors. Maybe, maybe kill a couple to get some of that return in early. You know, like right. they'll you know, sell sell the science department for parts. Like you know, I'm sure Elon Musk is about to send another rocket to space. Florida State's probably got some sort of uranium or something that can go towards that. Yeah. So like, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not putting Florida State past raising money to go towards half a billion dollars. But again, that's not even necessarily what gets it done. That's kind of just the conversation starter. We need the John Ruiz of Florida State to come forward. <laughs> life, what, what can you can call it, life billfold, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, that, that, that is a scenario I want to see play out here. Is I want to see, I want to see Florida State or Clemson, if, if, you know, again, if all this is true, which I'm taking with a very, very large grain of salt mm-hmm. at this point. I want to see. I want to see them present this money to the ACC, and it just completely fall through from you know the the Swiss account from the Shell Corporation for blah blah blah. The, you know that gets yeah, this yeah. money from Florida State, and it just all just immediately goes up in smoke. That is that is the scenario I want to see here. I want to see these schools try to buy their way out of the ACC grant of rights with money that does not exist. It would be magnificent. Now, while the ACC is pretty much airtight as we've mentioned with the grant of rights one that's a little that's leaking a little more air would be the pac-12 and i don't think they're just leaking air anymore they might be leaking actual teams so yeah look i'm, I'm not going to be naive here and pretend like the pac-12 is in a good spot right like mm-hmm. you know, every, like everybody in there is trying to find their way out they did a very pac-12 thing just hired just quote-unquote big business guys as the you know, commissioners of the conference. It turns out these big business guys are bad at this. Like, shocking. I know. But, yeah, I mean, like, on the sur- what do you think about all the surface? Colorado leaving in a vacuum should not be the death knell for a conference. You know, <laughs> like, like, seriously. I never thought like, of it that way. That's funny. Yeah, so, I mean, like, if you look at everybody's like, oh, my God, the Pac-12 is so dead. Colorado left. Why is it really any different now? <laughs> Ever since USC and UCLA left, you knew it was going to happen. Yeah, it was uh- – I think it's funny, though, because Colorado was possibly the worst P5 team maybe in history <laughs> last year. Now them they, leaving. They, and they, they did win a game that they, sort of got them barely <laughs> off of that, but they were trending hard that way. Right. How about this? They were possibly the worst one loss or one win team in, in yeah. college football history. It's, it's very possible. But now them leaving and the league collapses, the conference collapses. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly my point. When is the last time you have watched the University of Colorado play any sport and it's been like a big deal, right? Right. You know, I think I saw their last conference championship. I want to say, KSD, it was like 2001. I mean, two decades ago. They won the Pac-12 South one time, right? Like they made the conference championship game once and I think they got smoked by like Oregon. Right. Or something. I mean, and, and obviously, you know, wins and losses isn't necessarily the driving force here. You know, it's brand mm-hmm. recognition, brand awareness. But again, and along the same lines, like when has a Colorado game, whether it's football, basketball, women's basketball, they, they don't even play baseball. Like mm-hmm. when has a Colorado game of any sort been a must-see event? I don't know. I'm, I guess would be some ultimate frisbee game. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> so like. If you think about it in a vacuum, like it really is stupid that like this is the like like this is the quote unquote like final blow for the Pac twelve. Mm-hmm. And like again, I get I get that, you know, it's sort of 
all it's done is just sort of speed up the process by which the other schools feel like they need to, you know, get to whatever location they're going to because, you know, they don't want to get left behind. I'm going to put on a quick, a quick serious note because I, you know, obviously I, I, I am not one for serious analysis. I'm going to do some quick serious analysis. If you're the Big Ten right now, what exactly do you have to gain by just by just scooping up an Oregon or a Washington for the sake of it? Like seriously, I I don't understand this for the Big Ten. And if you if you're the SEC, obviously you know you're you're going to sit pat. You don't really need to go into these the, these West Coast schools. If you're if you're the Big Ten, I don't understand your incentives to really scoop anybody until the ACC grant of rights expires in ten years. You're not going to get left behind. Yeah, I mean, think about this. To your point, we don't frequently put on our analysis hat, but when we do, we're normally right. <laughs> this is this is one of those times. You have, it's not like Washington and Oregon markets are some overwhelming markets. It's not the LA markets that you already got with yeah. USC and UCLA. So you're not talking about a big market. What, you add a couple teams to that cut into the revenue it's going to be right. divided up between the other teams. I can't imagine that they're happy because they're not going to, again, they're not going to be bringing in some huge television numbers, putting on an, a Washington, you know, Ohio State game at midnight. Well, also, too, you have to remember that the Big Ten is currently paying back NBC at the moment because Kevin Warren didn't know when he could actually start giving NBC inventory. Because, <laughs> like, remember, NBC was supposed to start showing the conference title game this year, and that's not happening for another, like, two or three more years. Right. So, like, there's there's also that, too. There's, like, one, like you mentioned, does that really raise the ceiling? Two, they just signed a, like, billion-dollar TV contract. And three, they have to pay part of that contract back currently because their former commissioner was an idiot. <laughs> But this is the conference that's going to take on basically eat eat part of their revenue share so that Florida State and Clemson can pay of half a billion dollars back to the ACC tomorrow. <laughs> like, I, like I, I swear, these people just—it was Scoop I'm City, say, though, man. It was Scoop City. You gotta you gotta pay attention. I'm going to say something controversial. I, I both love and hate the realignment rumor cycle because, my God, like, I swear, there's so many things that come out, and it's like, I swear you people just have no idea what the situation even is. Like, again, I'm, I am not sourced in any way, shape, or form. I just know what is presented about what the contract situations are. And there is really only one conference that it currently makes sense for to take on schools, and it's the one that's trying the hardest. If you're not the Big 12 or a you know a mid-major conference, I just don't believe you are legitimately going to make a move in the next like couple of weeks. I mean, I guess the Pac-12 could try and get some lesser schools. Like a, yeah. I, I mean, I say lesser. I, I'm not knocking those schools. I'm just talking really G5 versus P5. Uh, you know, I love G5 yeah. football. No one has to. <laughs> no one has to send me nasty grams. I, I'm not knocking. I'm just mainly talking about historical significance and, and historical prominence on the national scene. That's all I mean. So I, the Pac-12, yes, could take on some quote unquote lesser schools or but what really good would that do? To your point, it's the Big 12 right now is in the kind of power position. Yeah, I mean, so. Let's go back to what we do best here, and I'm going to present an idea for one school in the Pac-12, because this is a school that I think holds more power than people realize. It's a school that's also not really coming up in these big-time conversations. It's kind of one where everybody sort of doesn't 
Well, one, they don't have a president, so that's kind of a problem at this point. But we're going to just overlook that. I'll be their president for mm-hmm. now. I'm going to assume the role of president of the of of, uh, of Stanford here, a, a position I am very qualified for, <laughs> no, no doubt. So Stanford, as I mentioned, is sort of an interesting position, right? Like they are pretty much undoubtedly the best school in the country for you know olympic sports programs like the mm-hmm. non-revenue programs you know apologies to texas to ucla to north carolina to virginia to i'll be generous and throw michigan into that category but stanford yeah. is the premier mm-hmm. non-revenue sports school like this is not a debate but but also i guess to that end though stanford has had their moments in the revenue sports right like they had a great stretch in football recently about 10 years ago or so, you know, with Jim Harbaugh era transition to the early David Shaw era, that was peak Stanford football. They were in the national title conversation late into most seasons, you know, a lot of New Year's six games, Rose Bowl wins, Pac-12 championships, you know, the whole nine yards. Had at least some mentions of Heisman, like with a Toby Gerhardt type player. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Sure. Like, yeah, Bryce Love, Heisman finalist, Andrew Luck. Like, yeah, they, they had they had dude. They, you know, they had a great run. They had, you know, meaningful games, meaningful players. Mm-hmm. And, and, also, and this is not the only era of Stanford football has done this. It just This is the most recent. Most recent, yeah. Right? So you have that. It's, basketball is fewer and farther between. You know, you have the early sort of the height of it in basketball. You, know, you had the Lopez twins were, you know, some of the, mm-hmm. the, the big names, um, you know, in, in that era for, for Stanford. Women's basketball has also always been a league. You know, Tara Vanderveer has been sure. one of the all-time great coaches there. They're a title contender there every year. So, again, you know, they're the they're the best in sports outside of those three, you know, as a, as a complete program, but they've had their moments in some of those as well. Right. Setting the table here, so. But also, they're not really coming up in the major discussions. Like, obviously, I think I I do think the Big Ten would be interested. They fit the academic profile. They really kind of fit the cultural profile of the conference. Obviously, there's a little bit to be desired as far as you know the revenue numbers and whatnot. But I could see it being a potential fit. I don't see them necessarily being a fit with the Big Twelve. Maybe the ACC does it, but as we mentioned, the ACC is pretty much set for the next like 13 years. So don't think that's happening anytime soon. Now, I will present a path here for Stanford. There has been some rumors floating really ever since the major ESPN layoffs about, what was that, about a month ago now? Yeah. That, you know, that Bob Iger and Disney are potentially interested in selling part or all of ESPN. Have you, have you seen this, Jason? Yep. You know, there's been some potential rumors and, and they talked about potential professional sports leagues maybe investing which i think is a horrible idea but trust me this is a good one what if stanford just bought espn like, like tiger woods say, funding uh stanford's purchase of espn yeah so i will say I, this idea was floated by somebody else i'm not gonna take credit for it but what i am gonna take credit for is the reasoning why this is a good idea for stanford so if you buy espn and you just go independent, right? You don't need a conference at this point. Mm-hmm. ESPN is funding you. What every Stanford alum is going to think is, what's my return on investment, right? They're all, they, they got plenty of finance bros. They're going to think all ROI and you know, mm-hmm. all the numbers and whatnot. That is not what I'm here to present. I'm here to present that you could literally make everybody else in college sports life miserable by controlling ESPN. Because <laughs> SEC schools, every game now starts at noon. Right. You know, like, like, 
you, sure, you're still getting paid your contract. Yeah, that's set in stone. We can't control that, but we can make every game start at noon. We can give you all of the worst announcing teams. We can never send college game day there. We can like you can you can do all these things that you know will just bother everybody. ACC, you're playing exclusively on Thursday nights now. Like every game is on Thursday night. You're, you, yeah, there's seven games on Thursday, but we got. ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ACC Network, ESPN News. Like, it is 100% doable. Like, the Big Ten is exempt here. The Big Ten got lucky because they just, you know, got rid of their ESPN contract. Mm-hmm. Oh, Big, Big 12, we just literally just won't show your games anymore. Like, I don't think anybody may be able to fight that. Like, but now, and now Stanford plays, you know, plays at 7.30 on ABC every Saturday as an independent because they control the network. Although two people who'd be the most in favor of this are Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit because now they would call every single Stanford game. They would just get to live in Palo Alto. Yeah. Like, they, they would be all about this. But, like, like if, seriously, if you're Stanford, you have the money to do this. <laughs> I, I don't I don't really see the downside. No here. downside for Stanford yet. Game day permanently builds a studio. <laughs> <laughs> they just build the set inside the stadium at Stanford. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I I don't know. That's actually a, an unbelievable idea. It would basically turn Stanford into the Notre Dame of ESPN. Yeah, I mean, like I I do think from a serious business sense perspective, there is some merit to attempting something like this. If you're Stanford, like I yeah, I don't know how feasible it would be to legitimately buy mm-hmm. ESPN or network, but. To attempt to do the independent, yeah, like Notre Dame of another network type deal, mm-hmm. I do think there could be some merit there. But also, like, like think about it too. You could play in as many of the ESPN events, bowl games as you want. Well, yeah. oh, we want we want to play in the Myrtle Beach Bowl this year. Well, sure, why not? We own the company. You know, like, oh, this year we want to play in the Champions Classic in basketball. Like, see you, Duke. We're playing Michigan State instead of you. Right. Like, you know, like what is like seriously? If, if you're if you're Stanford, you ha- you you're getting to a point where you might have to get creative to stay relevant mm-hmm. and I, th- this is about as creative as you can get while accomplishing the two things that are the most important in college sports making money and screwing everyone else right well this is one little asterisk i would change now we don't have maction on tuesday nights we have sec action <laughs> like, like, oh, sorry, Florida. You're playing Auburn on Tuesday at 9 a.m. Look, like, the, the Iron Bowl on Tuesday night. <laughs> I, 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 I support this. This is great. This is great for my TV viewing habits. Now there's something every day of the week in September and October. I, I, I fully I fully am on board because, yeah, I mean, like, again, if you're Stanford here, you, you, you know, you probably aren't going to be able to just be like, oh, well, sorry, you know, SEC, ACC, Big 12, we're just not going to pay you anymore, right? Like, you know, like that's yeah. probably that's probably not going to fly. But you know, there are plenty. There are plenty of ways to where they're everybody's like, "Oh God, God, we hate them so much." Like, oh, I'm sick of this shit. Like, you know, to, I mean, to to the point where it's just it just drives everybody crazy and puts you in a much more prominent spot than you should. So I don't see the downside here for Stanford. I really don't. It would be similar to I guess when. Um... LeBron and Chris Bosh joined the Heat and they kind of, if you weren't a Heat fan, you hated them because they were kind of joining forces or, yeah. or when some sort of wrestling hero turns heel and now he's on the dark side, they really could. But I, listen, I know we're joking around about, you could really, really raise your brand. I mean, you would, 
you know, of course you wouldn't put the SEC Iron Bowl on a Tuesday night, although it'd be funny. But you could make it so, you know, featuring prominent games and you you could get your fans back, so to speak, because they've kind of disappeared a little bit in, in the stands. So you don't want to mention yeah, that I before mean, you go in and buying them. But yeah. This is not like the craziest thing that's ever happened in, you know, collegiate athletics, you know, the, on the business side of collegiate athletics, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. would this be, you know, could this be high on the list? Sure. But this is, this is probably, you know, I would have a hard time believing that this would be definitively the number one craziest thing that's ever happened if Stanford basically got a hold of the main TV carrier for, for college sports. And the other thing, too, is they couldn't affect the NCAA tournament because CBS has it. So that's, uh, like, again, this is a win win for everybody here. Like, and, yeah. and the big, the big tens make it out like bandits because they just got off ESPN, which I mean, I don't care if they do or not but we can we can always find somebody to get in with you know Notre Dame's got enough pull with NBC they can make something happen that'll you know piss them off but uh if you're Stanford you gotta get creative you know mm-hmm. you basically have to decide if you actually want to you know continue to play football or basketball or you know, if you want to just play school at this point right. and this is kind of a way to have the best of both worlds <laughs> unbelievable idea and when it happens because we're going to float this out there yes. And it's going to catch on somewhere. You know what? Maybe when I tweet this pod out, I actually tag Tiger Woods. We'll see what happens. <laughs> John, John, John Elway lead the negotiation at Stanford. Well, okay, okay, actually, this, this pod is a, uh, a new question. Who is the funniest Stanford alum to be like the head of these negotiations? I think it would have to be the aforementioned Andrew Luck, especially skinny Andrew <laughs> With Luck. Stupid Kermit the Frog sounding voice. Yes. <laughs> and just... <laughs> Every time he's up at the mic, you know, just like, man, I got to sit through this again. Because, you know, he, he lost so much weight after, yeah. you know, a lot of muscle, obviously. But he's like skinny, but he still has that deep rooted voice <laughs> just constantly. In fact, you know what? Maybe replace Fowler with Andrew Luck. So he... <laughs> <laughs> like imagine, imagine if you're like if you're ESPN's you know lawyers or whatever, and you're going into to the you know the room, the meeting room for the negotiations of a potential sale of some stake of the company, and you're met by a Stanford representation group of like Andrew Luck, Condoleezza Rice, <laughs> Richard Sherman, and Josh Childress. <laughs> a Josh Childress signing. <laughs> and they just throw in like some like you know. Like I'm sure, like the CEO of like Bell Helicopter probably yeah. went to Stanford. So like you got to throw in a little more war crime. But like, I mean, like there's so many people you can pick from. It's like, how did you get these four in here? Yeah, exactly. Tiger Woods, John Elway, Andrew. Like, oh man, it'd be unbelievable. Phil, Phil Knight has a Stanford degree. Like, yeah, he's so, so close. I mean, could you imagine the guy from Oregon? <laughs> do it. Who's <laughs> it was, it was closely associated, I guess, with Oregon. But it would, it would be funny if just like like if Oregon let's let's say Oregon goes to the Big Twelve, right? It would be funny if like for some reason that just causes Phil Knight to completely flip and be like, "Well, I got my MBA from Stanford, so <laughs> therefore I do you know, I right. have the connection, and now I'm going to give all of my athletic financial support to them it's like what the hell man like we, we, we just got out we're, we're trying to make it out here and you just sink all your money into espn espn owned independent stanford yeah so it's going to be interesting to see what happens but that is an unbelievable idea as far as stanford owning espn now i don't know how many 
food related Michigan stories we can come up with in one week, but we're already at, <laughs> at the over under was what one and a half. We hit the over with high juice. So we have Jim Harbaugh getting suspended for four games for cheeseburgers. <laughs> Believe it or not, cheeseburgers or hamburgers. Being the hamburger. <laughs> and then we have this picture. It was, I don't want to say it was fire fest esque. <laughs> <laughs> from a recruiting visit. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't quite as bad as Firefest, but it probably wasn't something that you want to post on social media. And that was from a recruiting visit where it looked pretty much like a microwave meal and they just unboxed it and dumped it on a paper plate. Yeah, well first of all, I want to I want to um to invoke the wise words of one Dr. Doofenshmirtz from uh, from the Great Trinity <laughs> Herb and say that if I had a nickel for every food related thing that happened with Michigan football this week, I'd, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Yeah. As you alluded to. Yeah, let me let me give you the rundown of what's on this plate that was posted by uh, by one Elijah Dotson, I believe, uh, some uh, a kid who's considering Michigan to play football. So there's there's four chicken strip, chicken tenders, whatever you want to call them. Those they look fine, not super seasoned. Mm-hmm. They look like they're probably a little dry, but you know it's a chick, it's a generic chicken tender. Like you know the expectations here are low, right? Like you know, you're not really expecting fine cuisine out of mm-hmm. that. That that's okay, it's whatever. There's a, a scoop of mac and cheese, which. I would say it's not up to standard. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if we're thinking homemade mac and cheese, it's not that. Yeah. It's very much like, oh, well, you know, it's just whatever the catering company had mac and cheese. Again, this is probably fine, but it's not good, right? Mm-hmm. There's a cookie. That's just a cookie. It's, you know, nothing special there. Yeah. I want to talk about the hot dog mm. because I I have I have questions. Like, well, first of all, we're not going to question which, part, which parts of meat of any animal this came from. Mm-hmm. There is exactly one grill mark on this entire hot dog. <laughs> and I don't even know how that's possible. Like, did they just sit this thing out on the, you know, in the sun all day? Mm-hmm. I, I, I suggested they might have used a magnifying glass. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you yeah. try to burn ants in the driveway. Like, mm-hmm. this thing has not been cooked at all. I don't mind hot dogs. I'm I'm perfectly fine eating hot dogs. I'm probably skipping that one because that one was more of a, a mystery meat dog and and the cooking like uh, i guess if you take a hot dog out of the package can't you eat it directly or do you have to cook it first oh god i don't it, it was it was borderline both right there well, well how, how much do you want to get into as far as what this meat is i think that's your answer <laughs> yeah. but listen after posting this and the negative and all the jokes of course there's no way this guy commits to Michigan, right? <laughs> if he, if he, I, I hope that this dude's hat ceremony is he puts little signs hot on dogs. the table and it's full of hot dogs and he eats a hot dog at the school he's going to. Yeah. That would be the best. That would be the best recruiting video of all time, I think. Or what if he got like Joey Chestnut? Like he paid Joey Chestnut to show up and eat <laughs> and eat the hot dog at the school he's going to? Because yeah, I mean, I. If we're going to talk about like whether you can or can't eat a quote, uh, quote fingers raw hot dog, mm. I think that's that you got to have a, a stomach of steel to be able to palate this conversation. Yeah. But to that end, like 
I mean, I'm not a big hot dog guy. I will eat them. I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna act like I'm above eating a hot dog. Right. I definitely like mine a little more on the on the well done more, side, or a little more done yeah. side. Yeah, you know, little, little to add some of that grill flavor to it. I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I think that kind of is how I would prefer to eat it. And this is basically the the, the polar opposite of that. <laughs> Well, I don't know a better way to end the episode. We have Stanford buying ESPN and we have Joey Chestnut showing up for recruit videos. Perfect encapsulation of what this pod is all about. If you haven't subscribed, please do leave us a five-star view. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your lovers. Hopefully it's not the same group of people. Remember to follow me, I guess on X, I guess that's what we're going to call it. We are not calling. <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna, how we're going to get around this. At Pipeline underscore. And remember, great content, some funny stuff coming out on TikTok. At Pipeline and on YouTube, youtube.com slash Pipeline underscore. Make sure you follow KSD on, I'm using air quotes, not because I don't know what to say. <laughs> X, I guess. At Pregame Empire and on Instagram at Pregame Empire. And we'll see you guys next time on the Pipeline Award Winning Podcast.